let me start first uh, with um, Astrid. Um, what did the previous G20 presidency in Germany discuss regarding food security? Thank you much for having me here at IFPRI. Uh, it's a great honor to represent Germany and especially together with Argentina. People who know me know that for five years I've been an agricultural attaché in Buenos Aires and I just loved it. So <laughs> thank you so much. Um, Valeria already explained quite a number of things on about the G20 to us, but I think it's worthwhile noting that there are different work streams within the G20. So the overall arcing are the heads of governments and states, uh, which are having the final say and on the declarations, but there are a lot of uh, work streams, they call it. So there is the work stream, which is the development, development working group, where there is a lot of food security issue. And we have the agriculture minister's uh, work stream where there are the agricultural issues more in the focus. And then there are also in the finance stream, there have been some work on these kind of issues like the compact with Africa, which is basically on promotion of private investments. But I think we are not, I'm not going to go into this one. So, just keep in mind there are two main uh, working streams on these issues, developing working group and the agricultural ministers. Within the developing uh, working group, there was for all, uh, in first place the issue of rural use employment, which has been very much accompanied by World Bank and IFAD and which in the end had it as a final product the G20 initiative for rural use employment. Maybe just two, um, two aspects I would like to highlight. I think the novum is that within this G20's leaders community, there is first time for the development working group uh, numerical targets that there are the goal is to have five million young people to benefit from training opportunities, creating millions of jobs for people by 2022. Germany, um, there is this GAFSP, which is the Global Agriculture and Food Security Program by the World Bank, which is 1.5 trillion, um, where there are a lot of financing um, mechanisms and Germany is also a strong supporter, uh, new 30 million euros with that. Then we have this uh, agriculture um, working stream where the agriculture ministers met last year and there is um, also an action plan. And as you know, each presidency each year has an puts in their topic, which is basically at the heart to this presidency. In Germany, this was the issue of water. So it was the question about how provide, do we provide sufficient quantities of water and quality for agriculture, how to increase the efficiency of water use in agriculture, how to contribute to good water quality, and how to increase agricultural resilience to water risks. This is one big issue where ministers try to make uh, progress. Another one which is very important and getting more and more important for all of us is digitization. So um, there is a close cooperation with the economic ministers. Um, 
because obviously all our areas of everyday life, but also of everyday work life, um, become more and more digitized. And we all have see all these problems. So this is one very important issue. But there are also other initiatives like the agricultural market um, information system, which is trying to uh, make sure that the volatile prices don't hit like again like in 2007, 2008. There is a group on Earth observation global agricultural monitoring. Uh, as I said before, um, productivity is something which has to be looked into and uh, this kind of initiative helps to see that. Another big issue for the ministers is uh, how do we eradicate antimicrobial resistance? So um, the countries uh, agreed that they're looking into this issue and trying to find ways to phase out the use of antibiotics. And then there's also a stream which is called the MAX, which is the meeting of the agricultural scientists. They made one of their main issues uh, food loss and waste. And uh, maybe as a, a last thing which I would like to mention is that um, Argentina made the proposal that we need a stock taking in exercise with that. So uh, we worked very closely together with Argentina to have some terms of references and to see it, it's not a, a good way to always just add another initiative, but we also need to know what's getting out of it. And I think that is a very important step forward. So thank you. Thank you, Astrid. Um, also, part of the G20, sometimes between presidencies, between years, there's some continuity on some of the topics. That's why I think it's very important what uh, Germany did last year. So, Maximo, what can you tell us about the lessons from previous discussions, more than anything, Germany or even previous ones? So the lessons were always complex because you have to get consensus in the G20 process. Uh, and, and if you want to understand the G20 process, I think it's important to follow the whole track. No? Uh, all the topics are touched and then we try to complement rather than to substitute. Uh, so for example, uh, the food loss and waste started in the Turkish G20 and it was follow up through the MAX. Uh, and now this year we're also trying to push it back because we still have a huge missing gap in terms of the measurement of losses. Uh, across the world, which is really important to understand where the losses occur rather than the aggregate number. If we want to implement policies, we need to look at where the problem is. Similarly, if we take the time dimension, uh, in the Paris G20, the core topic was uh, the food price crisis. And as a result of the Paris G20, we brought up the AMIS, the Agricultural Market Information System, and also uh, the Rapid Response Forum. So they have different roles. AMIS was to reduce information on available stocks, both private and public. We only start, struggle a lot so much in the, in the implementation of the public measurement of the stocks. We still are not there in terms of the private stocks. But the Rapid Response Forum was the entity that was supposed to come out and calm markets when there was some drought or some shock that could affect a key exporter or importer country to try to see how much we have in terms of a stock so that we can calm markets or we can alert that something is happening, but to avoid excessive volatility in the market. Now, have we progressed on that? Yes, AMIS I think is one of the cases where we have moved further in terms of the G20 initiatives, which brings the complexity of the G20 process, but also there is a lot more to do, especially early warning systems, we still are not there. We are not ready yet to know or to have some prediction of what will be huge periods of volatility, for example, that are consistent across all the multilateral agencies. No? So what you wanted through the coordination is to avoid 
FAO saying one thing, IFPRI saying another thing, the World Bank saying another thing, or other agencies saying something different. We wanted to have some coordination so that we reduce uh, the symmetry of information. Now, I, I also think that uh, if we link it to today and to the, and to the Argentine and G20, uh, everything is starting to get together. If you look at the priorities today relative to the past, uh, the Argentina G20, three priorities, which are human capital, uh, infrastructure, and land, soils, is basically a production function. If you include water, which was done in the, in the, in the German G20, so we are trying to bring all the elements. The, the issue is how much we can really come up with something that we can implement, and how much we can create international public goods, which I think is where the G20 should push. From the G20, don't expect to get money. That's not the idea. It's more to get a consensus on how G20 countries can push policies across them, and therefore that will affect uh, most developing countries. So, so there is an opportunity, but I think still we have some problems on the implementation, uh, and we need to figure out ways in which we can track. Uh, the Australian G20 tried to put a monitoring system to assess performance of each of the, of the activities that were agreed in each G20, but that didn't flow too much. And that's something that will be important because we need to have accountability. Instead of just proposing new things in tones, it's basically to see accountability of how much we have progressed. And if we have not progressed and there is no venue to move forward in some of them, we should close them and start things that really we can have impact and we can measure and track the impact. Thank you. So we can move to another question, and I would like to ask this one to Agustin. So what are likely to be the main topics of discussion at the next G20? And which of these topics are being addressed by engagement groups like the T20? Well, thank you, Valeria. As was mentioned, Argentina has already decided its priorities that will lead its work during 2018 presidency. One of them is the, the future, the sustainable food future. And inside this topic, according to, to our government, the, the main thing will be the importance of sustainable management to in order to, to have and preserve better conditions on soils, healthy and, and more productive soils. We, the, the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange and the INAI Foundation, we are participating in the B20 and the T20 meetings. And we think that both mechanisms are, are very important in, in bringing to world leaders the voice and recommendations of the private, the, 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 private, the academic and the, the social communities. After the the first meeting there, I could say that the, the main topic could be the, the important role that agriculture will and must play in the response to the main challenges that the world will be facing in, in the following years. And there we think that the key to have a, a successful response, a successful uh, strategy is to, to focus on the links between sustainability, food security, and, and global warming, instead of addressing them in an isolated manner, as has happened uh, in the past. So the, the world is supposed to produce more food while being more productive, uh, using natural resources efficiently, more efficiently and sustainably, while reducing greenhouse gases emissions. So we need uh, a, an, an integral approach. And there, we think, and we we, we will promote the, the concept of, of bioeconomy because we think that bioeconomy and the interactions between knowledge, innovation, and biomass could help us, allow us to resolve the equation of producing more with, with less. 
Thank you, Agustin. And Maximo, just uh, to go back a little bit to your previous answer, which was um, uh, very clear in terms of what the German and the whole process of the G20. Can you tell us a little bit about the T20? And if you think that uh, in this presidency, the role of the T20s can change a little? Yeah, so if I'm not wrong, the T20 started with Germany. You know? that, that was the, the idea, and it's more uh, the think tanks trying to come up with solutions. Uh, and I think they, they play a crucial role, uh, like think tanks, in the sense that they have to bring the evidence to the process. So the more the evidence can be brought into the process of the G20, which basically you will have the development committee, which is the one that is more linked to agriculture, we hope the finance, the finance track will also bring something on agriculture. And then you have the ministerial agriculture ministerial, which sometimes touches specific topics and doesn't happen all the years. But if the T20 is able to come up with very solid evidence-based briefs, I think that they can really influence things. So for example, for the Argentina G20 now, we have three topics. And, and there are several tracks of the T20, which one of those includes trade, for example, which is central in any of those topics that we're going to touch today. And it's central to any of the previous topics that we have touched in the G20. So, so for me, is the, is, the, is the core of evidence that can be brought up to the G20, which up to now it has not happened that way. Normally in the G20s you will have the IOs, international organizations papers, that were presented because all the IOs have a seat in the G20 process and the evidence that existed around, but nothing uh, bringing, trying to bring all the think tanks around to come up with some solid evidence. Thank you very much. Um, now I want to go to a different kind of question. And, and David, um, why don't we start with you? If you can explain the potential role that Argentina can play in this presidency, highlighting developing countries' agendas uh, within the G20. Yes, thank you. Um, so the G20 are 19 countries plus the European Union, and basically it's 80% of global GDP. Uh, but within the G country, you have a wide varieties of countries uh, in terms of size and in terms of level of, of development. So Argentina is an emerging economy. It's one of the smallest economy within the, the, the G20 with, with South Africa, but it's far from being one of the poorest. So of course, India in terms of, of per capita is a much lower level of, of, of income. So uh, Argentina is here basically to bridge uh, the kind of, of two worlds, so the, the most advanced economy that are used to, to meet in, within the, the OECD, and the largest emerging economy that still face uh, severe development problems. Um, so in case of India or South Africa, you will find common problems that you, you will find in other developing economies around the world. So I think that this, this role of Argentina to try to uh, bridge these two worlds is quite important. Uh, and he has this experience knowing to be kind of very modern economy, export oriented, but still have to, to deal with social issues um, at home. Um, and hopefully we, we hope that uh, Argentina will still keep uh, Africa uh, on the map. Uh, that was quite important for, for Germany and in some other G20. But it seems also that President Macri uh, want to, to look at the other continents. Um, that's all. Thank you, David. And Eugenio, can you also give us a, a perspective from the Latin America? Macri already mentioned um, the, to include Latin America into their uh, theme and everything. So can you expand a little bit more on that? Yes, uh, thank you. It's a more general topic because the, the title, it's important to unpack the title that the, presidency, the Argentine presidency uh, selected, which is building, meaning dialogue, consensus for fair and sustainable development. So you have like four components 
and, um, and the government of Argentina has been emphasizing very much two tracks. One is to make sure that other developing countries also participate, and I'm going to explain how they are doing that. And second, how civil society can participate. So I think all the effort that Germany started with the participation of, social, of civil society, think tanks, etc. Uh, at least I saw the government very much, in the Argentine government, very much interested in reinforcing that track too. And you have different groups, including the T20 that Valeria referred before. But going back to the developing countries, um, uh, several things. First, uh, uh, Argentina invited Chile to be part of this year's meeting, and also invited the heads of um, the Caribbean community, that is Jamaica, the Asian group, which is Singapore, the African Union, which is Rwanda, and the NEPAD, which is Senegal. So basically, it's in involving uh, other developing countries, institutions, and developing countries, particularly in the case of Chile, uh, as part of the, of the work. And in, include, so included also two regional banks, which is CAF and IDB, as part of the, of the process. So the idea was to reach out and make sure that you had all these voices um, as the presidency, uh, the, the initial document suggested, you know, Argentina, we are a multicultural country with a diversity of voices. We want this process of the G20 also to include a lot of voices, developing countries and civil society. Thank you very much. All right, moving along with the next question. Um, I would like to ask uh, Astrid, what importance will this presidency place on the food security and nutrition challenge? I mean, this is a huge opportunity to, for Argentina to push this uh, agenda. I mean, um, we, I think in the both uh, streams, working streams, uh, Argentina um, is also, I just have to find the right page, um, pushing forward to, for early childhood investment, for habitat and inclusive and businesses. So I think they are already touching upon a number of issues which are important and which we discuss in these um, premises more often. How do we ha get young people into the farm sector? How can we um, have a nutrition which is not just calories, <coughs> quantity, but also quality, which is adapted to people for, uh, for, uh, where they live, and especially to look at farmers more like businessmen, you know, they, they have to become entrepreneurs. They, we, there was, for many years, I remember with the German um, NGO community, the discussion, uh, smallholders, what does it mean, smallholder? We, there are a lot of um, people who, who need to produce to subsist, but we think we have to bring people also to, to earn their money, to participate in the wealth, in the wealth which are created around the world. So there is a strong, and I think that is very important uh, what uh, Argentina can do. And more on the agricultural side, I learned that Argentina is looking especially in the issue of soils. And I think that is something which is very dear and important to us as well. Obviously, uh, only if you have good, healthy soils, you are able to produce. And I think it's very complementary with the issue of water, which we had before. Thank you, Astrid. And Eugenio, um, what else can you uh, say about um, the importance of food security for uh, this presidency, given that you are co-chair of the uh, task force that it is uh, food security and sustainable agriculture? 
clarification, uh, IFPRI is part of the G20 process, but we are also participating in the T20 and, and other engagement groups. As part of the T20, I'm the co-chair of the Food Security and uh, Sustainable Agriculture Task Force. But going back to the G20, um, two or three things that uh, we've been, that I, first, it's a very uh, key priority for Argentina. The president himself uh, said that when uh, he um, made the uh, opening statement, uh, the G20A. B, two or three things that perhaps need to be also highlighted. Um, as it is right now, some of the documents focus very much on food security, which seems to be the first of the triple burden of malnutrition. So perhaps we need to think a little bit more on the second, which is nutrients to two billion people like different type of nutrients uh, at the world level. And the third burden of malnutrition, close to two billion suffer from obesity and overweight, et cetera, which leads to non-communicable diseases. So the issue of um, expanding a little bit the view to food and nutrition, looking at the triple burden is something that, uh, that we as, as IPRI are suggesting to make sure that it's part of the conversation. The other thing is what Astrid mentioned, uh, soils is very important, but it's also needed to link it to water and more generally climate smart agriculture technologies because it's a package. It's land, landscapes, environment, etc. Um, the other point that uh, I think uh, it's necessary to consider is where these technologies are coming from and will come from. So basically now, the, and this is um, perhaps very self-serving being part of the CGIR, but the CGIR is the main institution now at the world level more than 8,000 people working in 70 countries, specifically on technologies, I think to reinforce the, the, these technologies that are very, very site-specific, that go to the triple bottom line of being productive, being sustainable, being socially adequate, uh, that we need to, to keep, um, if we come from this G20 with a, a greater commitment to this sort of uh, strengthening the, this, these investments in R&D. And my final point, but I will keep it for, for later, is how you finance all the things that you need to do. But I'll, I'll comment on that later. Thanks. Thank you, Eugenio. And then the next question, if we can start uh, with David. Uh, what importance will this presidency place uh, on trade? And uh, will the potential discussions on trade be relevant for dealing with food security and uh, sustainability? So uh, I think that the, the trade agenda um, and the news, we will put some light on the, the role of the G20 in maintaining dialogue between the big trading partners. And for Argentina, it's an important opportunity to to, um, to strengthen the dialogue of the G20 on, on trade uh, that unfortunately was not managed to be in the G20 um, declaration in, in Germany compared to two previous one. Uh, of course, Argentina is a big player in international market in agricultural products. So it comes with an experience as an exporter facing different barriers when uh, it will say that, you know, if people want to import food, it's because they need it. So why policymakers want to block this? So of course, trade is a big part of any food security agenda and uh, self-sufficiency is by no way a, a solution. Uh, but, you know, trade is not just about food security, it's also about business opportunities and creation of wealth. And I think that for Argentina, they also have, uh, in terms of 
you know, your proactive economic development, a, a clear vision on this. Uh, the notion of global value chain in agriculture is uh, clearly in the uh, political agenda of, of uh, this presidency. And what it means in terms of helping to build this regional and global value chains, what are the, the trade measures that uh, block them today? Because, of course, there is a lot of excitement about the digitalization of the economy, digital trade. But in agriculture, we, we still face a lot of 1.0 world problems, you know. Trading blueprints in the future for manufacturing uh, sectors is clearly the future. But you will not be able to print your food uh, if you don't have the basic ingredient, meaning soybean paste, anything like this. So I think maintaining this issue of concrete problems and bottleneck around the global value chain that will be key to, to feed the world in a sustainable way, but also by creating wealth and jobs, is clearly on the agenda. Uh, and just to, to conclude, if we look about uh, 2017, basically G20 countries have implemented as many trade facilitating reform that trade limiting reforms. And uh, things can be get worse in 2018 based on some current trends. So. Thank you. And Agustin, uh, what's your take on this? Well, uh, we think that this presidency is totally convinced that trade is crucial to cope with the aforementioned challenges. Many countries are facing serious limitations to, to maintain production growth at, at high rates and they will rely more on, on imports from net, net exporting countries. So, and, and however, as we all know, food trade is seriously affected by high import tariff and an increasing adoption of non-tariff barriers. And such obstacles, we think that they are, um, we think that they are inconsistent with global food security purpose, but also with the need to tackle with uh, with global deterioration in natural resources and global warming. So it's absolutely clear that countries must move on, must switch to production systems less intensive and more sustainable, but in the long run, the, the main response must be related with the expansion of, of trade. For example, there is a, a growing work on virtual land and virtual water uh, hidden in trade flows when a buyer is purchasing food at the same time is acquiring significant amounts of water and land that could be saved or could be reoriented to other uses inside their countries. In a recent paper presented in one of the T20 meetings, uh, China, th th they are said that China, the conclusion is that China is saving uh, an amount of lands equal to 35% of the total planted area. So trade could play a, a, an important role uh, mitigating the, the, the rational scarcity and, and, and I think that also the, the global ag agricultural system could be more productive and more efficient if trade is directed from countries with higher yields and lower carbon, land and, and water footprints to, uh, to countries with lower yields. So this, this topic will be very important and we hope that this year our global leaders could go beyond the traditional commitment of not to apply uh, new export, new, new trade barriers and, and, trade and investment barriers. Thank you very much. And now, um, Maximo, um, how do you see global food systems playing a relevant part in the G20 uh, discussions? 
So uh, to start, uh, if you look at the priorities that Argentina put in place, they are pretty supply-driven. No? So you have uh, labor, uh, and they are very worried about automatization because, of course, Argentina is an agricultural exporting country, has big plots, and automatization could be a problem. Uh, the second one is, is about uh, infrastructure, which is a huge bottleneck uh, for exporting and a huge bottleneck uh, for countries like Argentina. Uh, and the third one is about soils, no? the quality of the soils and sustainability because they are concerned that they are using too much the soil. And, and linked to the comment before, and that's linked to food systems, uh, is the fact that we are not necessarily putting price in the externalities. No? So when we export and we move commodities, we are exporting water. And countries which are rain-fed, they are not valuing that. Countries that have irrigation systems, they have a price for that water. Australia has a very good system of pricing water. But many of our countries are not doing that. So there is something there that is not being charged. The same with soil and, and how we are going to damage the soil or not proper establish the, the attributes of the soil. So in that sense, we, they are looking at the supply side. I think the trade part will bring some of the demand side, and that's part of the food systems. But that's the core of what we call the agricultural value chain. No? So we call the, the whole value chain in terms of the input sides and go up to the consumer. Now, the problem when we bring the concept of food systems uh, is that we bring many other things. So we bring nutrition, we bring obesity, we bring backward linkages, we bring more value added, and so on and so forth. So personally, for me, it's okay to have a framework uh, of food systems. Uh, it's perfectly okay. And then to map within those what is the role of agriculture and food security within those food systems. But where I am concerned is that when we start to open so much, so many windows around when we have not even solved the problem in the core. So I will, if I use the food system framework, I will highlight the areas where I'm going to focus and what I'm trying to resolve within uh, the food security problem and within uh, the agricultural sector specifically. And that's where I think I, I get a little bit nervous because then we can go farther. No? So we can even assume, okay, if I put zinc into the soil, I will give more zinc to the kids to eat. That not necessarily is true. And there is not too much evidence about that. Okay, so we need to be very careful with that. So it works in some places, it doesn't work in other places. So we need to be very careful on what we do and, and what topics we start to touch. So the more I think the G20 can start focusing in priorities, I think the better we'll be able to move within this food system framework, but we need to be very careful not to start doing two different, 2,000 different things when the core four things we have not resolved yet. Thank you, Maximo. And now, David, keeping um, the same uh, topic about um, global food systems. What is the relationship that you see between that and trade and food security? You kind of mentioned a little bit in your previous answer, but if you can uh, expand a little bit more on that. So, um, two, two things. The first is, let's keep in mind what the value added of the G20 compared to other fora of discussion. Here, as I've said, you have 80% of global GDP, you have more than 80 5% of uh, agricultural trade and processed food. So you bring in one place all the, the, the players that currently did not manage to talk a lot at the WTO, even if the last meeting was also in Buenos Aires. But hopefully, for the global challenges, we are talking about sustainability, inclusiveness. If you don't manage to get the G20 countries finding a similar vision about how to address some of the challenges, for sure we will not get solution deployed. So really, there is the specific role of the G20 that is core. And it's about public policy, but more and more of these global value chain are also managed by private agents that can be also concentrated, and on which policymakers need to find a coordinated way to uh, regulate them. 
You know, you cannot talk about trade policy if you don't talk about competition policy and so on. So addressing such topic that doesn't really have a forum today is quite important because if you think about food system, you want a fair food system, like a fair um, G20, and uh, tackling this problem of concentration, for instance, will be key. Of course, we don't expect to find solution in one year, but dialogue takes time, finding compromise between the vision of the US, the European Commission, and China, that is acceptable by other players, and it's where the role of Argentina is quite important. You just want to have three big players making the rules for, for everyone else. You want to have these processes, so it's quite key. Um, we already discussed why we want to, to get this straight, because you know, most of the countries in the world will not be able to be self-sufficient for their food system, because you need only land, but you need also technology, you need also uh, fertilizer, and very few countries have everything within their borders. And if one country has everything within the borders and the other country do not have, on the long run, it meets military action. So hopefully, we need trade to maintain this sustainable development on a peaceful way. And I'm stopping here. Thank you, David. Um, and then the next uh, question, if we can start with Agustin. What can the international community do to support Argentina's presidency, priority focusing on sustainable food future, healthy soil, and productivity? In and the rest of Mercosur countries to, to food security, during the last decades, our production has grown at higher rates than the rest of the world, and we are already the largest net food exporters, and moreover, we are contributing to uh, water safety. For example, 30% of the virtual water purchased by the European Union and China came from uh, Mercosur countries. Projections, the, the ones developed by INAI Foundation, show that this trend will continue in the future based on our natural resources endowments and some technological innovations that have been adopted by, by our countries. Therefore, our countries could address the growing food demands and they could do it in a sustainable, in a sustainable manner. As you may know, most of the crop production in the world is under systems that are intensive in the use of fertilizers, agrochemicals, and, and, the use of, and the use of fuel. By contrast, Argentina and Mercosur countries have adopted some interesting technological and structural innovations that allow us to increase productivity with production systems that are uh, environmentally friendly. This, this process has been called the, the agricultural, the um, sustainable intensification strategy. The core of this strategy is the no-till farm. has shown positive results in terms of, for example, uh, a decrease in greenhouse gases emissions in Argentina and Brazil since 2007 and 2010. And this strategy, we will promote it through the, the T20 and the, and the B20 meetings because we think that there is, a, there is there an interesting experience to be adopted by the rest of, of the world. And we, we want to open there the discussions about, about the, the best incentives to, to allow us, our countries and countries 
uh, around the world to, to adopt this kind of good agricultural practices, and, and Argentina is a, has been a pioneer in the adoption of good agricultural practices. Thank you, Agustin. And Eugenio, uh, I know you actually wanted to tell us something about the financing um, and what Argentina can do about all these things. So can you expand on that? Yes. Yeah, I, uh, basically, a, a lot of the investment needed for uh, restoration of land degradation or uh, sustainable irrigation or climate smart agriculture are not trivial. There, there was a, a report by, um, by IFPRI and the University of Bonn, very recent um, report est estimating about uh, $300 billion a year, the investment needed for, for land de degradation alone, not, not considering the restoration of ecosystems, which is, that may be even a bigger investment. That's not counting um, other aspects that uh, need to be considered. So the question is, okay, do we have the, the technologies? Yes, but we need to keep on investing. Uh, we know this is only investment needed for land degradation, climate smart agriculture, etc. So we have some orders of magnitude. But then the question is, how, how do we finance uh, the investments that are needed? And one of the things that the, the presidency of Argentina is suggesting for, in the, in the case of um, infrastructure, and I'm reading here now, um, which is that they are talking about uh, sustainable infrastructure, how you get the financing for sustainable infrastructure. And then, and I'm quoting, we will seek to develop infrastructure as an asset class by improving project preparation, addressing data gaps on their financial performance, improving the instruments designed to fund infrastructure projects, and seeking greater homogeneity among them. So the, the point is that precisely the same approach may be needed to make sure that, that, that we can develop uh, public and private sector financing for all the investments that we need um, on, as I said, land, land uh, restoration, water, sustainable water irrigation, and climate smart agriculture. We need to have something that doesn't exist now, and part of the, which is this possibility of preparing projects that can be used uh, or financed by the public or the private sector on a sustainable manner. And um, our suggestion is that the same concept that is, uh, has been presented for infrastructure be applied for, um, for sustainable uh, technologies. Thank you very much, Eugenio. And um, now I would like to um, have two different questions. Um, one is, um, what might be the Argentina presidency's main accomplishments? And then the second part of this question will be more, what are the challenges that Argentina can actually face? So in terms of the positive point of view, the accomplishments. Uh, Agustin, what is one accomplishment that uh, you may think that Argentina may? Well, maybe the main accomplishment could be to reach consensus in, in, in one of the, the topics that we have mentioned uh, in this round table, because this consensus could give some some fresh air and set settled basis for agreement in other forums. We hope that this vision that, that emphasizes the links between sustainability and food security could be uh, could be part of the discussions and the recommendations at the at the T20, the B20, and also could be part of the declaration, the the, the action plan in the in the G20. I think that the G20 leaders have the opportunity to explore new approaches in terms of trade, 
in order to have a, a successful and a successful response to to global challenges maybe an option could be explore a significant reduction uh, reduction on tariff barrier in exchange of commitment not to apply export restrictions and to comply with certain science-based standards of good agricultural practices of course the question there is by who and where those standards will be negotiated and how will be the certification process but i think that we we have to explore uh, some uh, some new approaches in order to to put trade into the into the table at, at the center of, of the solution to to the main challenges i mean sustainability and and food security thank you and keeping with the positive uh, point of view eugenio I, I think that the, the main uh, point, that the main contribution that the Argentine presidency can make is to make sure that we continue this dialogue uh, on a fact-based or data-based analytical foundation. No? So if, if we can uh, maintain the different topics that have been discussed along the different presidencies and then we maintain this structure of having a, a frank dialogue and uh, try to have that dialogue also based on on data on analysis etc i think that would be uh, that would be one achievement the other is to make sure that you include that diversity of voices like in the case of the developing countries and also the more structured participation or the, or the strengthening of the participation of civil society i think this would be a other way of not only the dialogue within the countries but also the dialogue with other developing countries that are part of the G20 and, this, and the civil society. Uh, full stop there, then uh, we need to remember also and hopefully it will not get to that but remember that the G20 was basically a st started working at the presidential level because of the financial crisis 2008-2009. So one of the non-trivial possibilities that we need to face is that that, that co uh, macroeconomic coordination and financial coordination that is still a track but has been so far more quiet because we didn't as a world face any big problems lately with uh, different adjustments in monetary and financial policies that are happening right now may have to be getting gear and in, in high gear again uh, sometime during this presidency. And I, too positive. That's what I was going to say, but hopefully Astrid can say one positive thing and, um, and one challenge. I think I can compromise this together. It's one point, I guess. It's a challenge and a risk. You know, I think the most important is uh, continuing to further alignment the G20 agenda to the 2030 agenda and that the respective G20 action plans take up this. You know, we have this huge uh, goal for 2030 and it, it, it's very complex and there are a lot of things in there. And I think the G20 can be uh, a level where we can break this down and, and really discuss where are points where we can push the agenda and bring this forward. But the next level is 
I mean, just coming back to this level, including the international organizations, the international uh, communities, to bring everybody on board, to do the outreach to Africa, which we heard uh, at seven points. But I think another very important role of the G20 is exactly through the T20, that and to do the outreach to multi-stakeholders, to have a coordination on, on, on local levels also, to bring these um, discussions from this very abstract level where people can't really see where it goes to a more local level. So it, it's the outreach. It's, um, you know, we all have as politicians this feeling that we're losing contact with people on the ground. So I think um, this multi-stakeholder is one of the most important and one of the most challenging things, besides that what we take as granted that Argentina will push the agenda overall. Thank you. And David, um, do you see any big challenges uh, ahead? Oh, yes. Um, we have seen an illustration with, with the previous uh, WTO ministerial in Buenos Aires when you have one leading economy saying that we will come to Buenos Aires, but even before coming, we will not agree on anything, more or less, and we will not sign a, a common uh, declaration. Uh, for the hosting country, that's a big challenge. You know, you need to keep a lot of optimism to try to, to get something in this condition. Now for the G20, we will face basically a, a similar issue and to know what will be the, the, the US uh, strategy in this forum uh, will be a confrontation with China or trying to find a, a compromise with China, for instance. Uh, that, that will be key and uh, the Argentine presidency cannot do the do, do miracle on that. I think that the point uh, raised by Eugenio are quite important. Can we have a fact-based discussion within the G20 or it will just be a political decision? and discussion when we talk about global value chain in agriculture and sustainable development you know you have the two leading economies that even cannot agree because the european union will say to the us let's talk about fact about climate change and the us will say okay let's talk about fact about biotechnology so you are in this situation and the more recent reform we have seen in the us leads to severe macroeconomic adjustment with the tax reform with larger deficit that may, from a macroeconomic point of view, also lead to more trade deficit, so that will ask for more protectionism. So the current macroeconomic trend is not in favor. In the past, basically, the G20 was strong when the ship is already on fire. Now you have some people starting to start a fire, but it's not on fire yet. So I'm not sure how we will find a compromise in this condition. And Maximum, I know, I know you have uh, many thoughts about uh, challenges. So, can you share at least uh, one? <laughs> I don't know which. No, seriously, uh, I, I think that the the, the positive, the, the only thing that will be the challenge for me, the biggest challenge is to avoid coming up again with these keywords. No like we normally come out uh, every year we have a keyword in, in food security and in agriculture. And I think we need to kill that because basically we need solid evidence to, to, to what we are going to talk about and how we're going to, to resolve. And I hope that will be the case for, the, for this uh, G20. 
Although, again, everything is based on consensus, no? so the politics are terrible. Uh, and, uh, but I think there are core topics that could be extremely useful. Uh, for example, on the, on the keywords, everybody is talking about soils and soils up and soils down. Now, the problem is nobody have like, it's close to impossible, even within the G20 countries, to assess that they have proper soil maps. So what are we talking about soils? We are talking about putting more inputs into the soil, but we don't know what is the, the, the situation right now. So I think we need to start with what we need to do, which is create a, a global public good on soil maps, very high-resolution soil maps. And then some people will come back and say, oh, but with the new technologies and the drones, we can measure soil maps. That's not true. You can only measure the top layer. But if you are planting trees, you need to go even deeper, and that's expensive. So again, let's avoid uh, uh, bringing these nice words and and the same applies with food losses and, and waste. Uh, we have big numbers on food loss and waste, but we don't have the minor idea where the losses are occurring and how we should resolve those. And we don't even have a good baseline at the country level by commodity level uh, of what are the losses. So, so we need to put on that. The, the last one and the last myth is everybody's talking today about robotics and automatization. Because why? Because that will displace uh, labor. Is that correct? Is the new technologies being scale neutral or they are not scale neutral? If you look at the latest evolution, at least on agriculture and robotics, it's scale neutral. So then we need to look at it because that could be even applied for small, for small farmers. So again, let's try to bring as much evidence as we can. And the problem we have normally is that a lot of the economists, and I am one of those, talk about other things that we don't know. So, so we need to be <laughs> multidisciplinary. We need to bring people of different disciplines that can help us uh, so that we can really understand what we are pushing for. Uh, and avoiding making dramatic mistakes that we have been doing in the last years, I think. Thank you very much, and thank you all for um, answering uh, these questions.